Hello, welcome along to the hype and the hope. We don't have a catchphrase. I'm not sure we will ever have a catchphrase. But we will introduce ourselves. I'm Shari. I'm Mike. And we are in Western Australia where it's Saturday night as we record this. Getting a bit cold. Uh, We love that it's a bit cold, maybe a bit rainy. Yeah, absolutely. As always, we're looking at something we've decided to add to the collection and something that didn't make the cut into the collection. Two somethings this time. Two somethings, yes. And then, of course, we'll end with something that we finally played. And was it a good idea to add it to our collection? As we do have to be, we all have to be careful collectors these days with the ever-shrinking amount of shelf space. I did just threaten, based on the state of our housework and kitchen, to board up the kitchen and make that more available wall space for board games. And what did you say to that? That's fine. Yes, somebody wasn't listening. I don't. I, I was listening. You know, I just just you, you weren't know. going to indulge my sook over no, the state no. of the kitchen. <laughs> no, um, but at least our board game shelves are. Neat. They are. They're tidy. So neat and tidy. You know, every if you open every single box, they'll be in nice little Ziploc bags, components, beautifully arranged. I suppose the problem is, is because we don't take them out as often as we go to the fridge. There's a whole big message in that. Probably should play even more games, or have fewer, but, but or possibly go to the fridge less frequently. Perhaps yes. I guess the some of our board games in our collection are like those vegetables that you buy with the best of intentions. And then you find them six months later as unidentifiable balls of fuzz in the bottom of your crisper. Or you enjoy the first serving and you'd like to have again, but there are so many other foods and many of them involve cheese. So the game that's winging its way to us right now and has found its way into our collection is one that has actually been out for a little while now and surprisingly was off our radar at first. But it's a Devere game and when you're confronted with something Devere now, I won't say... I'm a bit of a... For Devere games, aren't I? <laughs> and that's the cleaned up version of what I'm calling you these days when it comes to Devere. Yeah, this one's more a case of hope, not so much of hype. Sorry guys, this is Shari from an echoey room in the future letting you know that the name of the game is Bamboo. Yeah, I um, I, I like how it looks. It's pretty. Uh, I, not as amazing as some games I've seen. Um, is it Herman P. Mian? I can't quite pronounce it. How's his last name spelled? M-I-L-L-A-N, and I think there's a little squiggly cafe style. I'm an English teacher. I should know what that thing's called. Is it Grave? I don't know if it's even called the same thing in Spanish as it would be in, say, French. That just means that's where you put the emphasis, I think, Okay, so it looks like German P. Millen, but I'm sure it's Herman P. Mian or something along those lines. Perhaps someone would take pleasure and correcting us. Hi, Herman, if that is your name. So the Devere attracted you, but what was then hopefully the second stage? Because we don't own every Devere game, although we're probably De- taking well, a harder look at the back catalogue these well, days. Well, Devere has been putting out some rippers lately. I'm just looking at my list here. Batoku, Lacrimosa, uh, Red Cathedral, uh, Jerusalem looks really impressive up and coming. Uh, so when I saw that this one was both Devere plus the designer of uh, another game that we've played recently, uh, it seemed like a, a good option. What and was the other game? The that game is Botoku. Oh, yes. Yeah, same designer and some of similar art. Well, isn't it all set in the same universe? I made a note here, the Kamushi Saga, it's called, and it's Silk followed by Botoku followed by this. And I remember us looking at Silk back in the day, like that seems like an interesting premise. And for whatever reason, we decided maybe it wasn't quite huh. pretty enough or maybe the mechanisms didn't seem unique enough or maybe it was just, you know, the weather that day. So now do we have to 
have a bit of FOMO that we have and have a look back, two and a three. retrospective look at a game we missed, which yeah. we don't do that often, really. No, but as as every year passes and we get to know our taste better and better, I think um, it's good to look back a little bit and see what we've overlooked. And Kamushi, by the way, which I'm sure I'm mispronouncing, is caterpillar. Oh, okay, Does that's the interesting. Do have an animal spirit that's a caterpillar? Isn't I'm not sure. Maybe, but that's I think there might be. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I could crack it open, but then we'd have to pause and do all sorts of <laughs> no, editing. No, we, we can't slow down for facts. <laughs> and we'd also, I'm not from Devere, but from the same designer, we recently played Sabika, which took me a couple of goes oh, to get yes. the hang of, but I really enjoyed that one too. So It's interesting. I, I think the thing that, that sold this one on me, for me is that it's a little bit lighter than the other ones, and we have a lot of mid-heavy Euros, and I thought uh, a medium weight or like Euro might be a, you know, that it's in a smaller box. So the art might be, is more whimsical. It is, it is. I'm not so sure about all of it. Like the, the pictures of the families might be a bit too comical for me, but... They uh, they could be worse. Yeah, they could be. They could be. We're always iffy on Did you faces. notice that one of the families is a panda? I did notice that. I and did, yeah. So, cause, you know, so in this game, Bamboo, you're bamboo collectors, which I thought was a really interesting theme. Yep. I don't know a lot about the cultivation of bamboo. And you are clan. And I thought, a panda clan, isn't that completely at odds with what we know about pandas? Aren't pandas pretty solitary and reluctant to mate and yeah maybe yeah so it's interesting these ones are obviously forced together through you know necessity no yes. needs must as the devil drives <laughs> capitalism it. the bamboo economy yeah. i did like even though you'd think they'd eat the product you would think if we know anything from takanoko absolutely that, yeah that yes that perhaps perhaps this is a hidden panda trader game that we don't haven't even unpacked <laughs> possibly this variant yet um i i even though the art was a little bit cutesy i like the cutesy nature of the personal player boards i thought it's kind of like my little sandbox of yeah i like that uh, negotiation i am um, you know part of me wants it to be a little bit bigger like the bamboo pieces look a bit, a bit little but then you know not every game has to be massive does it and that could be part of the selling point have you looked at the dimensions because i haven't and i know it's a smaller box but oh my goodness are we getting something as small as red cathedral i don't know that it's that small i think it's probably going to be along the similar size to like i'm looking at cacao over there and something along those lines um, but uh, I don't think it's as small as Red Cathedral no but who knows I might be proven wrong it did look quite small when I saw someone having it on the I think it was one of the Dice Tower the other videos the other day okay I haven't oh I suppose I have looked at some videos I sort of skimmed the rule book I think I liked that the appeal for me was well one I think we have worse games that we're holding on to yeah and even though I, I look at the walls and the shrinking shelves with concern this one intrigued me and I think there's this appeal of home balance because that's one of the things I think you're trying to do I I don't yeah. know is it work-life balance is it feng shui type home oh. balance I, I've got to say I mainly looked at the mechanisms and so forth that were going on in it and with sliding the little bamboo yeah it all looked quite appealing and these are the things that that appealed to me uh, if, if there's anything that I'm a bit worried about is again there are a few cardboard chits that looked a bit little I can't yes. stand a little cardboard chits if they're if they're small they've got to be wood even i noticed yes there's more cardboard than is ideal i i'm not asking the price it's not a super expensive okay no if i mean i mean it's not cheap but it's not one of the top tier sort of things so but we do trust the designer absolutely and 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 the the publisher so what we used to say is we can just sell it if we don't like it 
<laughs> uh, it's interesting you, you're talking about that because I was just about a minute ago thinking, uh, I've been looking at our collection on Board Game Geek when we were looking for the uh, possibility of some relaxing games for the favourite game Friday that the Dice Tower does, which you can actually see me on in the most recent one. The, uh, <laughs> and you can't see me. Sorry. One about filler games. <laughs> we're getting to the point in our collection where any game that we don't rate an eight or above is very unlikely to come out again and we've got so many games that we really love and part of me wonders if we need to do a gigantic cull but you know I just like having a big library (laughs) you never know we played Strawberry Ninja not that long ago and it was kind of fun just to play a silly game yeah and I I don't know what the future holds you're right but at the same time there are always those sentimental favorites that you just can't give an eight to yeah and obviously they would be excluded yeah we'll see I think we were talking that we're ready for a a little bit of a call and perhaps we'll do a special call episode things yeah. that we're getting rid of to make room for other games problem is, is we're not in the best position geographically to move our games being down in the southwestern part of western yeah, australia our like what, what is the population here about, about? sixty thousand yeah. in our area so we're in the bunbury area if you want to check a map and yeah there are people there is a growing board game i don't want to say community but certainly people who are who are playing out there but it's hard and then we get a lot of interest in Perth, but that is a couple of hours away. Yeah, I mean, I suppose I could always leave it at Mum's place for people to come and pick up. But that's a <laughs> I'm bit sure of an she'd be delighted. Um, <laughs> I, another part of the problem we talk about clearing games out for more space, but the games that we want to get rid of aren't on our shelves. They're in cupboards and Drona. That's and- true. We've Drona is technically on our shelves. We have rabbits so we have to protect the bottom layer bottom of the rows galaxy. they are luckily dwarf rabbits so they can't nibble too high so some games go in there and expansions go in there and yeah you're right we have started moving to the the guest the annex library the guest room up at the front of the house is housing ones well maybe we can just turn our hearts against a few things in the regular shelves. we can have a think about it and and see oh there's no hurry is there i mean there no so i but i think there's room for bamboo i can already see where if we just move i'm committed to not having only board games in the shelves but if we just move a few things i think we can fit it in there physically so with limited space in mind i think this is probably a good juncture to move on to the things that we decided not to buy or add to the collection in the last couple of days And people may be wondering why we actually looked at different games. And I'm going to tell you the reason why I didn't want to do your game, which is called what again? My game's called Terminus. Terminus is because when we talk about the games that aren't going into the collection, I think we should be talking about games that stood a chance to go in, but for whatever reason, they're just not making it. This one didn't stand a chance with me. I just don't like the look of it, but I know there are good reasons, and I'm, I'm kind of glad you actually decided not to because I could see a real campaign once you saw a certain pull quote on that page. <laughs> yeah, Vitala said it <laughs> and, and you are a persuasive individual, but go on. Tell, tell us why this game that... Obviously, you know, an endorsement from Lacerda is a big one for me i just thought it looked like a, I, I didn't you don't like how it looks i, I thought it looked pretty good I, I wasn't that upset about it you I know d- what? it's in that weird intersection of you could actually learn to really like the look i think yeah but it is very colorful and busy i, so. I wrote that it looked like a fruit salad which is something that yeah, you know it's just okay. a little it is a bit you know sort cartoonish of and cartoonish and jarring a bit and much. i know that font's meant to be like that it's pro but it's just not a good font for me or typeface if you're a bit of a snob 
Yeah, I mean, and and I mean, I guess, I mean, it's obviously a heavy Euro game, which is going to sing to me. The same, by the same token, if a heavy Euro game is going to to win me over and have me push that button and say, "Yep, it's coming," it's got to be one where the the theme really sings to me, so it doesn't just feel like you're doing a maths puzzle. And I know people on the Dice Tower and some other outlets are going to say, "Oh, you know, they're all the themes that I mean, uh, games that I love." People think have pasted on themes, and I absolutely disagree if i can sort of suspend disbelief and believe i'm doing it then i uh then that's great and you know i'm sure the theme's fine i just guess i just was not that interested in the theme of the network building sort of subway connections we've got that already we've got tramways on the on the underground and it just seemed a bit familiar and not something that not a theme that i was really that interested in exploring i think we cut this out of a previous episode but theme is a contentious issue and it might placate some people if you were to say the topic or the setting i suppose so yeah. if anybody's bothered by using the word theme just think oh they're they're talking about the setting or yeah, the like topic a, of the game uh, the subject if a, you will a great example at the moment i mean, was revive my game of the year last year i think it was I think right so. I mean, revive is a fantastic game and, and or was it boon lake no for me it was revive okay for me boon lake and um it was yeah boon lake is is huge as well but for revive i saw so many reviews saying that the theme was just not there it was pasted on it had nothing to do with it but i really felt it you know this idea of putting the people workers back into cryogenic freeze and and burrowing tunneling out your base getting out there picking at the ice absolutely i mean i i mean you had to suspend disbelief but it was it was really it really sung for me it was really interesting it was different it was one of the first post-apocalyptic recovery games that i've actually been interested in a lot of them are just too sort of hand ringy for me and how nice to have that daffodil of hope right there yeah the I cover. really liked it and I liked the and obviously I liked the art more than you did but I liked the artwork on the, the box really spoke to me well back to boxes not speaking or singing as the preferred metaphor seems to be right if you uh, if you bring a heavy game in that I'm not so interested in and heavy games never get the amount of rotation that we'd like anyway and we have plenty uh-huh. to play already and it's not a gorgeous production yeah I suppose perhaps one day you'll be somewhere and this game will be there and maybe you'll get to play it in yeah, some fantasy yeah. universe where we have a big board gaming convention come to Perth. And I mean, you're, you're dead right about heavy games. I mean, I'm just looking to my left here and I see Praga put Regni or Rainy, however you pronounce it. And that was in my top two or three games a couple of years ago. It's a fantastic game. And I don't think we've played that in the last 12 months, have we? Uh, it's got I don't hit. think so. Oh, I think I played it online with a friend, but yeah, that might have been it. But it's a fantastic game. But, you know, these, these games, you have to bring them out. You have to refresh yourself with the rules if it's not one you play over and over and over again. And it's, um, you know, the, there's only room for so many super heavy games, isn't there? So they've got to be right. And maybe Terminus will come to Tabletop Simulator or maybe it's there and you'll feel like learning all the rules. And Maybe, but probably not. <laughs> what did, Was there anything else that you were that was selling you that might have sold me i i don't know no i'm coming back to the things that weren't selling it and i think fundamentally it just looked a bit dry even for me i mean i like my dry euros uh but it 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 just looked too dry connecting networks together uh, probably suffered similar fate to pipeline which i really looked really appealing to me too with the pipes and even though i love that cover that's great yeah but um 
I mean, I, I I still keep thinking about Pipeline and how I kind of want to give it a go. But if it comes if it comes on sale somewhere, we'll I, probably pick it up. I but. don't know. There was something I saw the other day about Pipeline, and I remembered. Oh yeah, that's why I don't want Pipeline. I keep forgetting it though because I keep seeing that cover, yeah. and my brain says it's beautiful. Just yeah. try it. Everything by <laughs> Ian O'Toole, who is you know lives. He's actually a fellow Western Australian resident. I think he was probably born in Ireland or somewhere mm. along those lines. But I know he lives up in Perth somewhere. So. So that's pretty impressive. So if we ever do best, get that. Best artist going around at the moment for mine and Absolutely. lives here in our state. Yes. Hi, Ian. I'm sure you're not listening. <laughs> Just cut out that little bit and send it to him. Well, my game that I decided not to propose to you, and I don't think that you're aware of, you'll surprise me if you are, is good looking. Or at least it starts out good looking. I've complicated thoughts on that. It's called Curio Black 1962. Oh, no, I back that. No, I'm just, just, just <laughs> so- kidding. <laughs> no. It's not a video. They can't see my face freeze. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'm not aware of it at all. If I remember correctly, so it's a, so it has a very mid-century modern madman kind of aesthetic to it. So I'm already, you know, putting out the zombie arms and walking towards it. So in this game, you're a government agent and you're at a black market auction house. You get little paddle cards and everything. And at this auction house, they sell curios, hence the name Curio Black 1962. And it's it's all very mysterious and you're trying to outbid other government agents, I guess. So but You're not bidding against each other, are you? Other government agents. Is it other oh, players? Oh, yes, you are. It's not cooperative. Well, that sounds like an issue for two players for me because you know how I feel about bidding games with just two players. It seemed to have a bit of a push your luck and we've been enjoying that with the new version of Raw That's recently. True. Yeah. So that was tempting me. And again, this look, it was very striking, high contrast palette sort of a muted green you know how I am about green and a very sharp black very tidy graphic design this person is going to be somebody to watch I think the designer who is also the artist and he is very detail oriented the creator seems to be very nice but where it started losing me was that you there's going to be a bomb a bombing later at the auction and so then it becomes a bit of a race and races always bother me stressful yeah I don't and then so I know that's just psychological because all kinds of games have mechanisms where you have to achieve X by the time of Y. Just calling it kind of a race and throwing the button. I was like, oh no, and I'm stressed out. And then words started creeping up in the cards like steal and destroy. Oh, yeah, that, and yeah. then so the take that was coming in. And, and I thought, no, this isn't going to be for us. And then the art started betraying me because it had that, that really great mid-century look. And then they had sort of this poster in there and it was subtitled win steal escape so again the word choices are telling me this mm. probably isn't my type we're of game pro- it's probably we're probably not the target ding we're not and again this always says more about us than about the game if we're attracted to the games they're probably good games yeah, yeah and when we're not taste. attracted to the games they're probably good games <laughs> as well we just like a certain type of game yes but then that poster sort of looked like a 1970s cigarette magazine ad mm-hmm. and then they had this movie style poster that i think is meant to be a bit james bond like but so, and then there were these stickers and there was a mix of pulp and a uh, sort of didactic government art then counterculture then superhero these other stickers and it just i thought what's Did up it with know this? what it was yeah. it does know what it is but this guy's an artist i think oh, okay. first and foremost 
us. A bit of everything, and he's yeah. showing off all this great stuff. He's good at all of these things. Yeah. But I'm worried that if somebody can't control their artwork, and then are they is, controlling is everything in the game? Want to play? Yeah. Again, seems like a really nice guy. He says that he loves making games. So I looked up his other games. He's been making them since he was in junior high. He doesn't seem that much older, but um, like I said, he seems like somebody probably worth watching. So hopefully he has a long career ahead of him making games. So the last game he made was called Loot Brutes, and it's described as a card game for horribly greedy people. And I thought, oh, he's not playing to our interests. Somebody else posted the video at Board Game Geek, and they didn't love it at two players. And I thought that's kind of maybe the hallmark of an early a designer early in their career, is that they need a bit more experience to, yeah. to do something at two players or to say, sorry, I can't do this at two players. Life's too short. Is how but there are any number of... I mean, I, I'm a lot more forgiving of two-player versions of games than your average board game geek writer is. Um, but there are some games that just definitely don't work at two. And uh, if, 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 if we're already a bit iffy on it... Right. So when your one reviewer says that... Now, I have nitpicked. This guy is a great artist. I really like it. And he seems involved and meticulous and yeah. not one of these people who clearly has never seen Board Game Geek before. He's not for us yet, but I wish I had written down his name. The, the creator of Curio Black, 1962. Keep an eye on him. So moving on to the game that we actually played this week, and I'm going to have to say it actually really exceeded my expectations. It sort of arrived with very little fanfare after being delayed. Well, what were your expectations, say, during the campaign, before before it was delayed? This was one of those ones that we sort of backed because you were interested in it. Uh, it wasn't really on my radar, but I had a look and it looked nice enough and didn't look too much into it, but I was fine. Which You're is... very supportive like that. I, I have a hard yeah. time imagining you saying, no, we will not have this game. You could ask to back a deck of playing cards and with <laughs> I, nothing on them and I'd back them, yeah. Well, I don't think ask to back is quite... Uh, propose to back. Yes, that's what I mean. I mean, I do have you do the clicking so it's all on one Kickstarter account. Even though I was the one who actually started back, it looks like I back nothing on Kickstarter since Tuscany. But I, And I'd actually brought it up. I didn't bring up Solani. It was sort of a tag-along to the girl who made the stars, right? Which we also have. Yeah, that's kind of yet. And you could buy both at the same time and I was a little bit charmed by this whole pill of creation where they're getting into mythology and thought well that looks nice enough but it was definitely the b-side to girl who made the stars yeah yeah i agree definitely and uh, it certainly was in a bit of limbo for a while because i think both games went back to the drawing board after some feedback in the kickstarter camp comment section did that affect your expectations well it actually ramped them up a little bit because you know it's good that they didn't just bullheadedly forge forward with a flawed product and took it back to the drawing board and took some feedback on on board. Yeah, I think when you told me that that was happening, because you were keeping tabs on the campaign more than me, I actually lowered my expectations a little bit. I'd sort of forgotten about some of the personalities involved and that have a, a decent pedigree. And I thought, oh no, we backed it because it has a bunny in it, didn't we? Yeah, <laughs> it disappeared for quite a while, but... The- from my radar but it kept being reignited by the fact that their communication during the campaign was always very transparent and very clear and shipping went off without a hitch when it eventually got here i think we're probably among the first to get it here in australia which was a rare change of pace and i just wonder what the buzz is going to be so right now it has a 6.8 on board game geek and i think that was people maybe being touchy about the earlier design it was 6.3 recently so it's on the way up I, I, i suspect that's the case the, the Kickstarter delays and Wait, the, that or I wasn't the wearing early glasses. design. <laughs> no, it, it could be. It, uh, it, uh, 
so you just can never tell with those. I'm backing it. I, I'm sorry. I'm rating it, even though I haven't received. It. I really wish people would just wait. Yeah. But we all know that's a problem, and they don't. And or if you or reflect on your reviews. If you hear that they've redesigned it, understand that your review, you know, as cool as you are to have been one of the first people to have put a rating on there, it just may not be applicable anymore. And maybe you need to get rid of that rating. Yeah. Because I'm worried this game's going in without much of a chance. And, and it deserves a chance. It deserves a huge chance. I think with the right marketing and visibility, people would say, wow, this is you know my new Azul. Even though it's very different. It, it could be a bit of a red-headed stepchild that deserves a, a real look in. I, um, I mean, the joke may be on us. This may be uh, on the hotness next week. So For people who aren't aware, it's it's a uh, very much an abstract game of, of sort of tile placement, really. Uh, it's called Solani because it's about a Navajo myth of how the stars came to be. So I suppose... No, actually, I have no idea. I was just thinking soul like sun like stars, but perhaps this word means something else entirely and, and I'm just faking it like chat GPT <laughs> yeah. here. Well, well, all I know is that you build constellations and sort of mini solar systems and you've got to place them all in a harmonious sort of gathering according to goals. And, and it is so charming. Oh, yeah. And it might be the game that sells me on neoprene. I'm so tired of hearing about neoprene mat add-ons. And as you've mentioned at some point, we have some in the closet. They're unwieldy. They just sit there. But this just rolls up so neatly into the box and it's perfect. And It's just a real pleasure to put your little tiles out on, isn't it? I liked it a lot. Your little planets with the etchings and your little bunny rabbit circles and all the other icons. And it, it's, it's a really, really, really fun puzzle. It reminded me a little bit of Calico, actually, but more forgiving. Uh, I never really felt felt as punished as uh, you could feel sometimes in Calico with as, with your options sort of taken away. Oh, if I do that, I'm going to completely cut off my hands for something else. It is less interactive, which will affect some people. We like that multiplayer solitaire. No, but you do still affect the other player in that sometimes you decide whether to take the uh, the sort of round tiles or the cross sort of shaped ones. Whether It's more of a case of, I need that tile before my opponent takes it. Yes, it's a lovely sort of back and forth mechanism at two players. And it doesn't feel cutthroat at all. No, no. no. And those planets are so lovely, but you're right. If there's one blue planet and you're looking to have color variety, then yeah. your various skies. I, I like going into my own little puzzle space. I didn't have to worry about you too much, but you, your decisions did affect me. So I did have to react to them. It's very pleasant culturally, even though it's abstract. Again, I know people would say, oh, you could put any kind of thing on there. And I do agree. You could make this game and they should make this game yeah. with other themes. But the they obviously have really lovely intentions with how uh, sensitive they're being with Navajo co-culture. And you can see that in the rule book. Uh, the rule book is it's the rule book is good. But I will say beware of that final page, which has sort of a player aid on the back of it, which does summarize the steps very nicely, but it leaves out one key scoring step. I want to say that's with I forget whether now. the planets come off or not. No, before. no, no. no that, that, that was a different that, one. That makes sense. It's if been you clarified. Read now, it logically. Yeah. yeah. No, it's the bit where you score the twinkly stars as soon as you put something oh, yes, down. Yes, yes. That's not actually included on the last page. So I'm hoping they'll get the rule books online. I always prefer to just read a PDF. I'm yeah. not saying mostly because I don't ever wear my glasses, which are still very new to me. So I can just zoom, zooms in on the PDF. So although might I say that this could be the most pleasant to hold rule book of any game ever it might even be better than wingspan 
What? Yeah. I wonder what their paper was. The linen finish is unbelievable on this rule book. Everything yeah. in this game is pleasant to yeah. hold. The soft bags, those neoprene mats. I, I feel like we haven't gushed enough about them because you have your main player board and it, it fits that sort of Native American earthy quiet expectations it just feels serene there is a whiteboard for scoring yep. which is great and the tiles themselves there are they wood yeah they are they are yeah so they're lightweight so they're not clicky clacky satisfying like a, say azul tiles but they're still pleasant to hold and yeah easy there. to grab you know you don't ne- you're never sort of worried about the getting too many scoring yeah. stars are weird those are i think got lost on the way to a hello kitty convention they're sort of bright green and bubbly yeah and I, I want more of them the ones for showing you rather we did than figure out why pair. there weren't more, but still yeah it, yeah it'd be easier it's interesting that um i can't believe i'm going to say my comment was interesting but that uh the comparison earlier on with calico because when i posted about this on board game geek the designer drake Villarreal uh actually told me that solani was tested at one of the same sort of gatherings as calico oh, a few okay. years ago so i wonder if the people at that little meetup said some of the same things or felt some of the same things oh, or their heads swinging from side to side and yeah I, there there's definitely some similarities there other people will probably disagree but there are i think in the best of ways and they're distinct enough in the best oh absolutely of ways. it won't you don't you won't play this and think oh this is calico it just gave me that hint of it and it scratched some of the same itches but perhaps in uh, in, in a more casual relaxing way calico is a little bit stressful as much as I love Calico, I think it was up there in my games of the year one year, wasn't it? It, it was. I believe it was game of the year game. when I yeah. eventually gave it the tie with Tekenyu. Yes. And did we talk about the that we played it normally once and then we played it with the Shooting Star Yeah, variant. and I think I like the Shooting Star variant a little bit better. And there is one more that uh, the elders that we'll have to try out. Normally we don't go for the variants. We try it as the director seems to have intended. We yeah. play it straight and usually ignore anything else unless Little it just add-ons. seems to yeah. be an extension or if we were maybe feeling like we were playing in a baby mode or an introductory mode and we needed to add the variants. Sometimes you just don't know whether the little add-ons are bits that they want you to put in the game but they're worried is going to overcomplicate it to start with or if they're things that should probably have been left on the cutting room floor. I think a classic example for that is the expansions to Monsters on Board which are obviously older versions of the game which didn't quite make the cut and weren't fun at all. Wow, I love Monsters on Board and I hate that expansion of the one we played. Yeah, yeah, it, it made me not want to play any of its other expansions. No, I I won't. It, no, that was no. wasted time, but I'll play Monsters on Board all day and night. I, yeah, it's a great game, definitely worth it. So normally we talk about some nitpicks and other than one one or two ambiguities in the rule book. I don't actually have any nitpicks about this game. I really, really like it. And my chief nitpick is actually with the culture in the board game geek community of, we already touched on it, is rating games that haven't delivered yet and haven't come out. Like you rate it down because it is too expensive or you rate it down because it's delivering late or you rate it down because some early version of it didn't speak to you. I, I don't think that's fair on the eventual consumers. I don't think we have this moral moral right to sort of pass judgment on companies when people could be playing these games that they really 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 love but it gets a 6.3 or whatever on board game geek so people think it's like flux or something along those lines 
And the market's so crowded, don't deprive people of knowing about the actual game. You you can make all the comments, you can write a review, you have so many ways to express your dissatisfaction with things that are unrelated to the game experience, once it's actually on the table. And Final Frontier have been great throughout, but even in cases where the company isn't great, and we've certainly seen a few of those, I think you've still got to remember that this is someone's game that they designed and had a lot of hopes for, and they're not necessarily the one running the Kickstarter as well and I mean often they are but but not always I think a good example is that um, Manchukuo that's sort of been in limbo for a few years uh, from the collapse of Tasty Minstrel no that was Big Kid I believe oh, okay. and uh, is it Big Kid that was one you managed to slide past me yeah yeah I I wouldn't back it today that it'll show up one of these days and maybe it's great it'll show up in air quotes yeah but it does have air quotes in it remember I know that's what I'm saying this was the one where the Chinese government wouldn't allow it to be printed because Manchukuo is a unrecognized puppet state that was part of China and China has to make sure that we all know that it was never real so they have to print air quotes around the which is Probably the most interesting thing it actually you told is. me about the game, and so now I want to get it. I think it. they have they been put on with stickers. I forget. I don't yeah. know. And but are people going to peel those off? Are they going to put air quotes around the air quotes? I think they're that just printed humorous. on. You know, what I wanted to see was it says uh, I wanted to see them write "Made in China" on the back and put "China" in air quotes. But- <laughs> <laughs> that probably wouldn't go down well. So who would, I, I mean, I just love Solani. I can't wait to show it to somebody. I wish that yeah. this were a visual medium just so I could be pointing and my mouth wide open and look at this, everybody. Look at this bag. Let's just have a good rummage through and it's a good size bag for it you. It is. Nothing's worse than a bag that you can't, when you're OJ Simpsoning your hand into <laughs> it and you can't quite fit. I can't believe you made that comparison in two separate episodes. Yeah, I know. I did that again. Well, obviously. Come up with a new simile English um, teacher. So who would you give it to? I said that probably to friends who like thinky sort of puzzles, but but aren't necessarily into being told, well, we're merchants in the Mediterranean and we're doing this, this, that and the other and we've got to do this before. You know, I mean, honestly, there is a nice theme attached to Solani, but really it doesn't matter. It's it's all about the puzzle. And right, it's light, it's pleasing. And I think... I wear think, it however you like. I think some of the heavy themes are maybe a little bit intimidating and irrelevant to a lot of new players and it's great when you can get into them but I think this one's just pleasant oh we're making pretty patterns in the stars you know and that's and that's sort of a, a good good game and it can be picked up really quickly I agree with everything you're saying I think I would give it to people who want something special because I think this game's look and its topic yeah. are both special if you like a little tile laying conundrum that's probably for you if you like components and the the feel of the tiles in your hand your azul types little tactile enjoyment it's for you if you don't want to spend half an hour setting a game up and half an hour putting it away it's for you what would you rate it i have written down here eight out of ten but i might even go as high as 8.25 i would give it an eight plus and i'm sure that number is only going to rise so maybe eight's my new eight Eight's my new ten. Eight's almost a ten for a game <laughs> right. of game of this weight. We need our you know like dice stars their seal of approval, and other people have their little awards, and maybe we need some we need seal of conditional approval. <laughs> Except I don't need conditions to approve of Solania. It's a great game, and you should play it. 
You should not just play it. You should own it. Just- Absolutely. Support this game that's sort of come out of, you know, nowhere. It hasn't really been in any of the hotness and it deserves a little... Something a little special, a little abstract. If that doesn't turn you away, I have a hard time imagining the person who won't find this game charming. So do you think we can find a sort of charming game to play? Yeah, why don't we set up... Yeah.